I have to find a drink halfway through this. I'm just walking the streets now. Uh, hi there. Happy Wednesday. It is January 16th, 2019, and I'm Eric. Talking at you as always from beautiful downtown Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, where they say a picture is worth a thousand words. So if I let you take a picture of me, will you shut the fuck up for five minutes? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was angry earlier at a girl I work with, and uh, I just wanted her to shut up, and she wouldn't. Sorry. Anyway, good evening, everybody. How's it going? Gordon, how are you tonight? I'm good, Eric. How you doing, buddy? Oh, it's a beautiful evening. The beautiful city filled with beautiful people. I'm, I'm having a really good time with it today. Awesome. Just one of those days. I had a good sleep, and I woke up happy, and just, I tried to stay that way all day. Someone tried to piss me off at work, but... It's just one of those people that keeps going on like five minutes after the argument is stopped. There's nothing more to say, and she just keeps talking. Oh. Yeah, that, that's annoying. She also accused me of uh, being uh, chronically disrespectful to women, which shouldn't be further from the truth. So. What was her reason for that? Because I yelled at her. And here's the thing I want people to know uh, if I yell at you, it's because you didn't listen to me the first time when I spoke at a reasonable tone. So if, if you don't want me to yell, just acknowledge what I said the first fucking time. It's not a difficult concept. It really is. If I think you haven't heard me and I know I'm correct, I'm only going to get louder until I'm sure you've heard me. And that's, and that's not threatening. And it's got nothing to do with your gender. In fact, I do it less to women than anybody. I, Men, I just yell at in general because they're just around me and I don't like it. <laughs> I cannot be, there's nothing can be further from the truth, and I'm disrespectful to women. Uh, well, not intentionally and not to their faces. Exactly, there's a difference. Anyway, it's been a big. Uh, Big fun day for me. Um, oh, there it is. Okay. Good. We got it out of the way early tonight. That's good. That's good. Perfect. Uh, and that's our our mandatory hello from the uh, 
<laughs> British Columbia Ambulance Service. Um, <laughs> thanks, fellas. We should actually we should we should actually hit them up for sponsorship money since they're always fucking on. <laughs> that is a great idea. Um, you're cutting out a little bit on me. Are you in a weird position again? Nah, I'm just sitting in my car in my same usual spot. Fuck yeah. all as usual. Well, um, what are we going to talk about? I'll, I'll try to get it on so you're not doing fuck all for too much longer. <laughs> uh, I, I have a ton, tons of stuff because I've been slacking off lately. And uh, today I made a d- decision to quit slacking off and get, get our little show back in order. Cool. Um, I did apply to a very prestigious analytics company to follow our show for us, and they were happy to do it, and then Anchor said, no, they can't do that, because uh, Anchor's not set up for them, but they will be in the future. Oh. So, uh, nevertheless, we're stuck with Anchor's measly um, analytics, which aren't very detailed, but whatever. They do the trick. I love you, Anchor. Don't don't think I don't, and your help is today was phenomenal. Uh, that's one thing. For such a giant company, you, you send them an email, they get back to you in like five minutes. It's really cool. That's almost like unheard of, too, so that's pretty awesome. Definitely worth what we pay to be a member. Yes. I <laughs> and hey, maybe uh, Friday night we'll be using their services for uh, for our, our uh, you have a guest joining us, which I'm very excited about. I am, too. That's uh um, ironically enough, we're actually, for as long as I've known Paul now, we're actually going to be hanging out outside of work for the first time. <laughs> That's very cool. And you're going to sit him down and make him talk to me all night. That's <laughs> What a friend. Ironically enough, he actually was the one who brought it up because I was going to. I was going to mention it to him while I was saying, hey, look, if, you know, we're not busy later on. We would fucking call in. And he goes, hey, when are you going to do your broadcast? And I'm like, whatever. Why? He goes, well, do you think maybe I could like call in on like Friday night? I'm like, sure. Fantastic. Do it from your fucking house. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I look forward to that. Um, I didn't. I wasn't gonna say it on the air with Billy Eagle and Spice, but I'm too excited. Uh, something we haven't done in a couple of weeks, um, and that's uh, by, by no fault of anyone but my own, is I have not done my uh, weekly uh, tip of the hat to other famous Hurricane Gordons of the country. So I have a pair tonight. Um, uh, I've got uh, Eric Boudreau and Gord Crawford of Rally Engineering in Fredericton, New Brunswick. Now, it struck me, New Brunswick is one of those places in the world that I never think exists. Like, it just it never crosses my mind unless I'm doing a map of Canada in my mind. Like, I never think of New Brunswick. I, I don't know what's from there. I don't know anyone who's been there. It's, uh, it's just this mythical place that's on the end of our country for some reason. I've been there. Um, I know nothing about it. I, I did learn today that it is a seven-hour flight from Vancouver to Fredericton, New Brunswick. Uh, nine hours to Tokyo, Japan, by the way. That gives you an example of how big our country is. Um, you, can get, you can get to Japan in the same time you can get to the other side of our country. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I see all right. Um, so anyway, Eric and Gord of Rally Engineering in Fredericton, New Brunswick. Uh, it's an engineering and management uh, company that caters to uh, resource production, um, energy and, and metals and oil sand development is basically what they do. Um, and then the podcast? 
No, no, they just they just work at this rally engineering place. Oh, they, they just, they're also they're Eric and Gore. Yeah. Um, there, there's a, there's a, it just an unnecessary amount of Eric and Gordon in the country. Um, you, you remember uh, the last one was uh, the guys with the race in Manitoba. Yeah. Um, and uh, now we got these guys. They they run rally engineering. Um, they they were uh, it just started up in Fredericton. They were looking for somewhere to to uh, invest. And uh, oh, they have an office in Sarnia. Is that by you? Uh, not really, but yeah. yeah. Like it's in Ontario, but it's not really near me. No, I don't know. I don't know Ontario. Well, go to Sarnia. You can so you can talk to Eric and Gord. Um, I'll stop in tomorrow after work. Yeah, sure. I don't know where things are. I just assume everything is near you. I just assume you're all in Toronto. Like the whole province is in Toronto, and you can get there easily. That's how. I mean, hey, that's how all of Canada views us. That's also how pretty much the bulk of the world views us. Yeah. So anyway, everybody Eric, thinks that if there's just there's Toronto, Canada, and then there's British Columbia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> and I assume you're close to all of it, and you can easily get there from these little segments I bring up. Yeah. Um. Still disappointed that you're not just the second half of Hamilton. I, that would always, like Milton would be this, you know, it's like these two towns, Ham and Milton, got together and no, I got yeah. 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 <laughs> no, no, no. yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, these guys have a thing. It's just an Eric and Gordon. It was the fastest one I could find. It was close to showtime. I had to come up with something. Eric and Gordon, uh, how you doing out there in Fredericton? You send us an email. Let us know uh, you, you run this great engineering firm. There's this big push by the Fredericton, uh, I guess, Chamber of Commerce to get people to invest in New Brunswick. So they, they give you a lot of good deals and stuff to go set up your company there. Um, wow. And there's all kinds of incentives to move to Fredericton. Um, again, I don't know anything about it. I've never seen a picture of it. I don't know anything. Uh, 58,000 people apparently in Fredericton, which is uh, minuscule. That's... I, I here's a bullshit way to get out of ever developing your city. Uh, their big their big slogan is uh, you're never more than a few blocks from nature in Fredericton. Because <laughs> there's nothing fucking there. That's just such a nice way of saying there's nothing here. Don't. <laughs> I love you it. Just, you guys just call it. Welcome to Fredericton. We suck. <laughs> uh, you're, you're never more than a few few blocks from nature. <laughs> That's for sure. Could, could she use indoor plumbing? Guy, that'd be nice. No, never more than a few blocks from nature. Oh, I love well, that. Hi, we're part of northern fucking Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to part of Canada, where uh, mostly I think it's just where mobsters go to hide out. <laughs> uh, I, know, I know there's a lot of New York ties in, in New Brunswick. From what I hear, I don't know that to be true. That's just what I hear. I do hear the same thing, though. So, Eric Mujo, Gord Crawford, nice to know you. Um, you are going down in a, in a Eric and Gord. I don't know, maybe I'd make a book out of us, the Eric and Gord of the country. It would be a, a great Canadian coffee table book uh, because there's a lot of us, and they're very interesting for the most part. Uh, after I think it's like becoming the next, like, fucking fad. I certainly seems to be headed that direction. And, and that's now the, well, that's the third I've done on the show. But there's many more. They're hard to choose through to pick one every week, I tell you. Wow. Um, there was even one I was going to pick. I'm going to save it for next week. And I don't want to spoil too much, but there's a novel 
a, like a mystery, murder mystery novel featuring the, the main characters are in Eric and Gord. No shit. Yeah, it sounds really good. I'm actually going to look it up on, I was on, uh, what was I on? Amazon. Oh yeah, Audible, that's what it was. I was looking for a book on tape. And I went on, I got a 30-day free trial through Audible, and I didn't know Audible was owned by Amazon. But anyway, you get a free book, and I got this like, book. I haven't read it yet, but but there's, I read the little blurb about it, and there's an Eric and Gord. And, uh, what are the fucking chances of this happening? <laughs> uh, I, I thought we were like a unique, cool thing. That's why I called the show that. No, we're just fucking this. We're everywhere. We're generic. We're very, very generic. Um, we found the only medium on the planet where me and you could be generic. <laughs> right? Oh my God, generic. We just found the new name of the show. <laughs> generic. <laughs> you're not Gen X, but you're not a millennial. You're generic. You're generic. <laughs> I love it. Oh. Wow, that's kind of cool. We might have to do something with that. Yeah, that's, that's not fucking too shabby. I like it. Um, the news, I don't know how much news you've been following lately, uh, but my God, uh, before we get on to the big shit, which is obviously this death sentence to China, um, BC... Why is that a big fucking deal, by the way? Uh, because this man, well, I'll get, to, I'll get you in, in detail later, but it's pretty fucked up that uh, this guy was sentenced to 15 years in prison for drug smuggling. And now we've got the this Huawei fucking guy goes to, uh, gets accused of spying. All of a sudden, China revisits this guy's case and decides he should be sentenced to death. Just out of the blue, they reopen his case for no reason. It's the third time this guy's been charged with drug trafficking through this. Fuck him. Yeah, but fair enough. But it doesn't not seem a little suspicious in light of what we were just talking about the other night. Uh, that, uh, that that all of a sudden now he's sentenced to death. Like they're just like no, no, fuck him. Third fucking time. You're not gonna kill you for this shit. You don't fucking pull the drugs in the country. Okay, I'm not saying he's innocent by any means. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Robert Lloyd Schellenberg, we're talking about a Canadian citizen sentenced to 15 years in prison for drug smuggling. Um, this has been now just reopened by Chinese. Uh, judiciary and they've decided he should be sentenced to death. Uh, now it does seem a little suspiciously linked to us accusing them of spying on our country, which they clearly, clearly are. Um, and is investigated by 130 fucking different countries. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, I, I think it's silly. I, I, it's clearly politically motivated. They're doing it uh, in response. I would say they're obviously doing it in response to what we've done to them. And uh, I, I don't, I, I, I don't want you're, you're absolutely right in what you're, what you're saying. But again, it's kind of not fair to just kill the guy because they're mad at JT. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck him. I, I think Trudeau should just stand up and just say, you know what? Fuck him. <laughs> I think that would be if, if Trudeau said that I would fucking go for him again yeah, well you're with, the, you're, you're, with the, you're with the rest of the country on that let me tell you so I don't know if you guys I assume you get no BC news whatsoever there uh no we well there's a lot of, a lot of BC news cause I don't I don't hear shit about you guys unless it's something big like like someone's gonna get shot in Ottawa or something other than that we don't know you exist 
probably lost the leadership in the NDP. Therefore, the NDP would have someone new and shiny to put up against Trudeau, and he might not win. Oh. So, make sure he wins in Burnaby. Make sure he's the leader in the next federal election. Guaranteed liberal win. So, the liberals planted this lady in Burnaby to do this, to guarantee that... uh, the NDP would win this election so that they would lose the federal election. So, okay, so is this like, like did somebody like overly admit this? No. No, it's just, it's just a theory. But uh, it's a possibility that's being looked into currently. How fucked wow. up is that? How, like, that's Dan Brown movie shit. That's exciting yeah. shit. We're going to fuck up our own party and look like imbeciles on the provincial level so that we look amazing on the federal level because if they get someone better than him, they might win. So we got to make sure they keep him so they lose. Like, that's fucking brilliant. Wow. Um, what a fucking... People fucking demanded that she get voted in now. <laughs> yeah, that would be funny. She has totally fucked up their plan, eh? Uh, that's a good idea. There's also another provincial by-election going on, um, which could be a big game-changer here, because if the NDP win this, uh, the BC Liberals will no longer have their majority, with, even with the Green Party on their side. So the government will be deadlocked. Uh, therefore, it'll force a, a BC election um, this year. So that's another one to watch for. Uh, cheap, uh, just fucking crazy. Liberals can be out already. Or liberals can be in again. Sorry, in in here in BC and federally, they're trying to win by fucking up everywhere else. That's ah, I love it. I can't get enough of this stuff. If they would put half of this amount of effort into it, they might actually start doing good. Are you right? Like this is why they're fucking up our. They're sitting in the room. All the smart ones are plotting this shit instead of running the country. Oh my god. It's very and and dealing with uh Chinese drug smuggling rings and and Saudi murderers who have disappeared after the Saudi I, government paid their bail. Um hmm, interesting. This is why as a Canadian I refuse to vote. It's just it's such it's such fucking horseshit. I mean, it's to go through this much of an effort. What the fuck somebody over so they can get another fuck up to win so they have a bragging right for no reason. Yeah, and in the meantime, create no useless legislation for the country. Have you heard of one single announcement since they legalized plot? No, nothing. Nothing. They've been too busy planning to get their number one opponent elected so they could beat him. Oh my god. It's like an episode of MASH or some bad sitcom. Like, it's, oh, I love it. It's like, it's like one of those White House fucking TV shows, but like a slapstick comedy version. It, it really is. It should be a show. It it's was fucking right. It should be. It's, it's like if that broken wizard group did a fucking political movie. That's totally what it's like. And actually, Jake, he looks like that dude. <laughs> that's awesome I should get them a letter and t- oh man you get uh, what's his name uh, Landfill playing Rob Ford and 
Yeah, that guy playing Jang Me. Oh man, this it's a movie that writes itself, or I could write it. Um, write it and submit it to fucking fucking. There's our podcast. There you go. We're stuck right now. Oh, that's a great. I, I'm going to submit a movie about Canadian politics. And people are going to laugh when they hear that, but then they're going to read it and think and be like, "Oh my god!" And I'll be like, "That's right. That's Canada. That's the Canada you don't know." You know what would happen though. You you do this, and then all of a sudden you see the Canadian fucking people completely fall apart. Be like, wow, this isn't a joke. This is based on actual fact. <laughs> We're not fuck fuck Canada. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be uh, it would be an excellent day, that's for sure. Wow, and I'm excited about it actually. Um, I fancy myself a writer. I'm, I try to be a writer. So, uh, but I've never attempted a screenplay. Well, with this, all you gotta do is just take a bunch of headlines. <laughs> you really do. It writes itself. You, you send it into the Broken Lizard guys, the next thing you know, we're gonna read it going, is this a random order or a fucking story? <laughs> and I wanna be in it. I wanna play someone. I just wanna play us. We'll, we'll have a guest part as Eric and Gordon. Yeah, absolutely. The Eric and Gordon. Or we'll get all the Eric and Gordons in it. Don't just say that. We'll play all the Eric and Gordons. It'd be great. <laughs> just for no reason, there's all these guys in Eric and Gordon. I'll give the one movie. Oh, I love this. Oh, see, this is why I talk to you. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> oh, genius. That is hilarious. Um... So uh, wow. I yeah just stay stay tuned for this because we're not even anywhere near the election. The election's not till November, and a lot of shit can change between now and November. Um, I could have this screenplay done by then. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. If you were able to get this done and released and like filmed before November, that'd be even better. Um, on that note, since we're talking about it, I did some writing this weekend. And uh, getting a little carried away, it's getting actually reviewed all across the world, um, thanks to uh, writersoutlet.com, I think it's called. <laughs> Sorry, I'll have to look into that. But instead of doing a regular bunch of commercials, I'd, uh, I'm going to do a commercial for myself and plug. I do have a book ideally coming out this year, but it's not looking real good because I kind of screwed around the publisher a little bit. Um, <laughs> may have told them my book was a little closer to being finished than it actually is. And they may have had some big plans for me that I failed miserably on. And, uh, but that was going to be a collection of short stories that may or may not now be published. Um, <laughs> yeah, I really shit the bed on that one. Uh, but I have another thing that I'm working on and I thought I would, uh, show you guys the introductory paragraph and, uh, see what you thought about it. So uh, you, can, you can send your opinions and uh, advice into or or uh, publishing contracts or <laughs> into uh, Eric and Gord at Outlook.com. Uh, so yeah, and if anyone wants any to to represent me in any way whatsoever, or the Eric and Gord Wonderful Right podcast, or any of the other misadventures I'm on. Feel free to contact Aaron Gord at Outlook.com or call me directly, 604-655-9630, and we can definitely work something out. Um, we need to be famous this year. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, so I started working on, I'm trying to write a basically a philosophy book, basically a book about 
humanity and humans and uh, all things human and why we're just not designed for longevity on our planet. Um, so this is the introductory chapter uh, entitled Stop Production of my uh, new work. So I'm going to just go for it. EricGordonOutlook.com Regardless of which school of thought you subscribe to when considering the origins of our universe or the nature of our creation, by divine right or scientific folly, we've been made to be ignorant of certain truths. There are questions so far beyond our comprehension, it only begs an explanation of why we're driven to ask them in the first place. We facetiously write them off as the eternal questions, and we share a laugh at our collective shortcomings. But all joking aside, it speaks volumes about our limitations as a species, that we have little or no understanding of our own purpose or place of existence. We've been outfitted with a brain ridiculously complex, and a hundred times larger proportionally than any other living creature, but the inherent ability to access less than a tenth of its functionality. Whether you, blame, whether you blame the seemingly incalculable whack-a-mole distribution of development by evolution or the predetermined will of some omnipresent voyeur with a penchant for the melodramatic, you have to agree that this is a fundamental flaw in our design. A very heavy, cumbersome, densely packed jello mold of cells that can be shaken, bruised, or pierced with minimal effect upon the daily operation of the rest of our mechanism is balanced in fluid and encased in a form-fitting protective shell as far from the perils of the hard ground as our sapient frames will allow. But the two most delicate walnut-sized production plants that create and dispense the cocktail that solidifies within the mother and becomes a new human, the tiny defenseless pez dispensers of all life on Earth that begin to ache if you have a negative thought about them, that retreat into your stomach at the mere suggestion of a drop of temperature, are left dangling in a paper-thin sack of skin and tissue precariously stitched to the front of our torso at the approximate height of the heads of every carnivorous predator on the planet. <laughs> Neither by scientific exploration nor divine inspiration will I ever make sense of this laughably poor construction. As a new invention, our bodies do not meet the most minimal requirements of the Canadian Standards Act. If a modern-day Frankenstein sewed one of us together and got a patent on our design, a team of industry experts would not approve us for production. And that is the introduction to my new non-fiction work about uh, humans and why we suck. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. That's, uh, feel free to send your comments in ericandgordonoutlook.com and uh, look forward to this actually becoming a thing. Uh, it's been a while since I've written something serious and uh, this is obviously a little tongue-in-cheek, but that's <laughs> uh, <laughs> Serious project of mine. All right. I was longer for it. Well, thank you. That's uh, <laughs> uh, funny. Uh, our brains don't need as much protection as they get, but our balls are kind of just dangling there. <laughs> See, I could never. I could never write like that ever. At all. Really? No, anybody. Um, anybody can do it. Easy. No, not like that. No, my. Uh, well, let's put it this way. I wrote one story once, and my—I mean, my English teacher friend fucking loved it. I have the original two copies because when I wrote it, I'm because we were writing a book or something like that. Like you're supposed to go through like the five stages of writing, 
Like the first part is supposed to be like your basic standard outline, your beginning, your middle, and your end. Right. And then your point form version, how things sort of plan out, and then your rough version, then your fill-in version, then your sort of final version. I wrote the books and I just sat down and wrote and wrote the book. Yeah. Yeah. And, then I and he's like, "Okay, hey, well, where's your, where's where's the first part?" I'm like, "That's that, that's my book. You want me to write a fucking story over here? My story. What you want?" Yeah. And uh, it became a bit of a an issue between us. And then so he's like, "Well, you got a bunch of spelling mistakes. Fix it first. I'm like, "Okay." And then so I just fixed the spelling mistake and then handed him the exact same story back again. He's like. Well, you're still missing stages one, two, three, and four. <laughs> yeah, see, that's see, I gotta call bullshit on that, and that's my indictment of the Canadian educational system. Uh, why are you squandering the the left brain like that? Why why are you crushing the left brain? The kid wrote yeah. a story. He wrote a creative thing. It's great. It's good. You can't say oh, it's wrong because he didn't do it this way. No, that's the left brain. That's what we need. And you yeah. you crush it. The school system just crushes it with that kind of shit. Oh, it's got to be this way. Why? It, it clearly doesn't because I wrote a fucking book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the same when I paint a picture and I go, look at my picture I painted. And, and the art community goes, oh, that's not a painting. You didn't do this. You know? Fuck you. I painted a picture that looks like a picture that's good. Yeah. Say that a kid writes a story and they go, oh, well, you didn't have the idea. Uh, fuck you. The kid wrote something from his brain. It didn't exist until he did that. And you now you shit on him so as a forty year old he thinks he can't write. And that's what happened to me the first time I wrote lyrics to a song. That's you can't see the school system is set up to do this. They suck it out of you and then leave you thinking you're incapable when we're not we're all born capable of everything like that. It's yeah. not that difficult. I uh... Oh, it bugs the shit out of me. It was why I'm, I I had a similar thing with acting. I wasn't doing it right, and I was told I can't act. And the, I, I, Of course I can act. I'm a wonderful liar. That's <laughs> all <laughs> fucking acting. <laughs> why? <laughs> uh, that just that really bugs me, that, uh, because I think you, you would be a good writer. You're a great speaker. You're a creative guy. That's but that's what the schools do. They, if you, it's not their way, then it's wrong, and that's that's wrong. That should not be taught that way. No, really should. Now, ironically, when I wrote my first song lyric, I was I remember the whole experience because I was I had just gone through the whole thing of having um, I was in the process of going through um, that whole thing of me having a kid and all this other shit and. Um, it was a very trying time for me, and I was on my way home to the cottage, and I happened to look on this. I was asleep in the back of the car, and I looked up, and I saw spray-painted on the side of a bridge. It said, no justice, no peace. Yeah. So I wrote these lyrics for it, and it was all about what I had gone through, so it was not going through. And when I presented it to the band, because one guy in the band wrote up really good at it. And I hated my lyrics. He's like, I love the song. He goes, but your lyrics, the lyrics make no sense. Don't do that anymore. Yeah. I've never written another song since because I was just, I, oh, wow, I suck at this. I'm never going to do this again. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I, got, I, got, I, got, I got two words for everyone who says your lyrics don't make sense. Michael Skype. Yeah. There you yeah. go. 
So you want to know about people, songs, someone who writes songs who suck? Here's some for the songwriting community, okay? You, all you pretentious fucks and think your songs aren't good enough? Look at Tom fucking Petty. The most, yeah. the simplest three-chord fucking songs. You knew a guy named Jack and Diana wrote a fucking song about them. That's literally all it's about. It's about nothing more. There's nothing deep to that song. The highest paid, one of the most richest musicians of all time. Um, went out around the world, revered and he did nothing special at all. So go fuck yourself, you pretentious fox who think you have to be some fucking surge man at Patangum guy writing. No, you can just write from your heart, and that's all that matters. That's and the fact that you don't even have to rhyme anymore makes it make life even that much easier. Oh, it's actually wrong if you do. Yeah. Yeah, people make fun of you for rhyming. No, fuck you. That's I don't get just I, I rhyme. I rhyme a lot. I rhyme when I speak. Um, I will write entire stories that if you read them in the right meter, they it's like Shakespeare for fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I do that. It's a weird thing, but I like to rhyme shit. Um, and rhyming is somehow wrong, especially in poetry. Oh, God forbid you write a rhyming poem. No, it's it's a thing. It's in the bush. So I fucking figure it out. Uh, uh, you protect as fucks drive me nuts with this shit and convincing people that their song is somehow not valid because it's not uh, artsy enough or it's too pedestrian. No, I don't, I don't get it. You can all go to hell. Uh, music is music. And just ask fucking Jewel. <laughs> She's yeah. a thing. Um, no. Back. Back. There you go. Street art. 
I was on their album, but I toured with them after. They dropped the original guy and picked me up. No one will look into that shit, and you'll get your head, your dick sucked that night. It, it's very true. It's very fucking true. It's the same with your college education. No one cares. No one's going to look into it. Just lie. Just save yourself the 200 grand and lie. Yeah. And especially, except teachers, they have to go to the teacher's college and get their little form signed. But it really, what qualifies you to be a teacher? Nothing. Oh yeah, then they're just wasting company time and uh, they won't last long doing that. <laughs> yeah, we're going to look like idiots anyway. Trust me on this one, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but you, you, we were ruining our children with this b- bullshit. That It's a different world now. You can't. You can't tell, you know, go back and tell, uh, uh, what's his fuck, Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, about school. Did it matter that he ever went to school? Would he, well, kind of, because that's the reason he invented Facebook. But, all right, he's a bad idea. Yeah, okay, well, that's what, exactly. That's where you steal ideas. That's where you, <laughs> your creativity is crushed. Uh, it just drives me fucking crazy. I got out. Luckily, my grade 12 English teacher dragged me out of a horrible, probably, college experience um, and said, you have to be a writer. Go be a writer. And I feel like I'm letting her down because I haven't done more. But thank God she did that for me and saved me going to be a teacher, probably. Yeah. Um, that's, God, that's a fucking scary thought. That was one of my goals. Be a teacher. Oh, God. Uh, I'd, be I, a good, I'd be a good teacher. I couldn't, I couldn't fathom that idea of me being a teacher, considering what I did in school. No. Um, speaking of what things people do that you like, uh, have I, I told you about uh, my friend Bernie, right? Uh, you know, this is the guy who claims he wrote Ben Koch Dealing. Yeah. Yeah, so Bernie makes a lot of claims. <laughs> uh, he, he claims he's this big Hollywood star, and I hung out with all these rock stars, and uh, he wrote Ben Koch Dealing. He wrote, uh, he, he coined the term Californication, which Anthony Kiedis stole from him. Um, wrote, wrote, uh, wrote, he didn't write Under the Bridge, but he did a lot of writing for that album, uh, the Blood Sugar Sex Magic album. <laughs> Now, here's, oh, wow. what, here's the problem with, with my friend Bernie. Bernie Coulson is his name. And if you look him up on IMDb, it's all fucking true. <laughs> He's like in 25 big, big movies. He's in uh, uh, episodes of The X-Files. He's in episodes of Sliders. He's in big, big name movies. There's, he's in The Accused with Jodie Foster, and he's actually in Teens with Jodie Foster. Like, it's all fucking true. Really? So now it begs the question, is, is he uh, a former actor who is crazy and making up this rock star shit, or is that true, too? I should be probably exposing him on the air like this, but if you know who I'm talking about, then you know him, and it's nothing, it's not like news, so he's, he's not hiding, well, he's kind of hiding out, so I should shut up. Um, <laughs> apparently he got run out of L.A. for drug debts. Uh, <laughs> um, that's why he's no longer living in L.A., uh, but yeah. Yeah, I, I looked him up. He's he's legit, and it's him. Like, there's no denying it's him. You look at the movies, it's Bernie. 
That's fucking funny. And uh, you, you just look him up on the internet, Bernie Colson, and there he is on all these big famous. Like he's not like an actor. He's not like me when I go. Oh, I'm in the movies because I was in. I was an extra in the back of uh, She's All That, and you can't even see me except on the widescreen version. You see me for a split second if you really look. Uh, I air, 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 air Bud Four. I'm I'm in the audience in the stadium. Uh, you'll never know. You'll never find me. But um, that I say I'm in the movies. So I think when people go, oh, I'm in the movies. I I don't think he did scenes with Jodie fucking Foster. Like that's just uh, on film. Uh, on film, he's in the accused. He's a big star in the accused. Like he's 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 like the third in the credits. It's Harrison Ford, Jodie Foster, and Bernie Tolson. And you're like, well, what the fuck is going on here? This Bernie, I've seen this guy shit himself. <laughs> like, I've narcaned this dude. That's crazy. <laughs> That's fucked up. That's very fucked up. I always thought he was full of shit. Um... And then it came up in conversation, and I had some data left on my phone. So I thought, I'm going to look up Bernie. And I find he's, he's just there. And that's, I just think it's really cool. Um, wow. I mean, obviously, something went horribly wrong. He lives in the downtown east side. He borrows money off me. That's <laughs> career probably, you know, something near the end went bad. He's kind of Looney Tunes now. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it may, it's, it, and now I gotta wonder. I have to wonder if all this maybe he did it show with Perry Farrell and, and just happened to be playing bass that night. And they, you know, I'm sure it's not he didn't write the song and they stole it from him. But maybe they could have been inspired by something he was doing. And this could all be true. <laughs> I still don't buy. I think um, a friend of mine brought up the point that maybe. He's just an, an insane former actor who's making all this shit up in his brain, and that sounds more likely. But now, here's the way that I've tried to do. You said it was the song "Big Hot Thing," right? Yeah. That is Perry Farrell's least favorite song of everything he ever recorded, and he didn't even want that song on the album. Oh, see, I didn't know that. I don't know a lot about your prediction. That heard it, and they're like, "No, no, no, this is your single." And he's like, like, fuck it. And they said, yeah, this is going on the album. He's like, no, I'm going to replace it with this song. They said, no, you're not. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. That would be, that would be, that would be really funny if it's because he didn't write it. Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, I, gotta, I can't wait to see Bernie now. I'm going to ask him about it. I'm going to try to get Bernie on the podcast. I don't think he'll do it, but I'll try to get him on. He's pretty funny. He doesn't say nothing but good things about him. It's great because he is fucking like every third time we see each other, he doesn't remember me. It's awesome. But he's that kind of nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's fucking great. Um, Yeah, he's picks up a lot of prostitutes. Uh, Anyway, enough about Bernie. (laughs) It's kind of cool that that's uh, that uh, it's it's all true. I and I owe him a big apology somewhere. No, you know, Not really. I I never told him I thought he was lying. I I, I always just listened to him and went, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I never accused him of lying directly to his face, so I have nothing to apologize for, thank God. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's funny. Um, sorry, Bernie. And uh, everybody else who tells me stuff, I just assume you're lying. Just so you know, I assume you're lying. So it's good to have some stuff on the internet to uh, prove me wrong. 
just to get that out of the way, just so you know. <laughs> just so you know, I see you're lying, and I don't care. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Just pay me my fucking money and shut up. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's about the, the extent. That's kind of how all my friendships are, except you, of course. Um, everybody else. <laughs> very, very uh, superficial. I'm I mean, your old friend that actually pays you, so. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I owe you, so you're going to keep you on the top of the list there. <laughs> Speaking of which, can I borrow 20 bucks? If I had it, I'd hand it over in a heartbeat. Um, what else? Uh, Bernie, Bernie was not the uh, the last thing I want to talk about. It's a, oh yeah, what? My other big news story. We're just powering through this. It hasn't even been very long yet. I'm going way too fast. I'm just so excited about this show tonight. I don't know what's going on. Um, want to take a look? Let's uh, I'm just gonna reform here a little bit. Think about. Wow, things. I got a little carried away with that Bernie story. We'll, we'll throw in a song right here. I haven't played a song during the show in a long time. You know what's funny is often I will say we're going to throw a song in here and then I'll forget when I'm editing the show. So uh, <laughs> there's a lot of episodes where I'll say, hey, we'll throw in a song right here. You won't hear this part and then you're going to hear this part. <laughs> Don't put the song in, I forget. <laughs> well, here's, here's a little random thing where you put your pocket. Corey Hart got inducted to the Canadian Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Really? Yep. And he is starting a new world tour. He has a new album. Finally! I've been saying for years it was time for another attempt. I know he yep. tried in the um, 90s. Or late or early 2000s. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, but the Hall of Fame announcements are during the Juno. They shouldn't be, I guess, he'll be in the next, the upcoming ceremony. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be uh, I think he's uh, doing, he's something doing something on the show, plus he's also performing. Oh, shit, that's like March. I just, I was just thinking that the beginning of the, I did a, a judo podcast uh, last year, a very judo-centric podcast. Uh, so, yeah, it's, we're already judo time again. My God. Yeah. Um, and, you know how he got discovered? I do not. I don't know how he got discovered. I only know that he's awesome, and I'm glad he did. At the age of 11, by Tom Jones. By Tom Jones? His older sister was a figure skater, and she had become friends with Tom Jones. I think I knew he had a uh, sister. Yeah, and she she was friends with Tom Jones, and then she... Cohort always um, used to always sing a lot when he was going to be the kid. Right. And his sister really loved his voice. He had a really good voice. So she's like, I want you to sing in front of a friend of mine. And he's like, okay. He has no idea who this guy is. He knew who Tom Jones was. He's going to And that's funny. Tom Jones was good, but I really don't know what to do with him because I don't really write my own shit. So I don't know what to do with him. So I'm going to introduce him to my friend, uh, Paul Anka. Holy shit. And then Paul Iger fucking took him under his wing for the next uh, two or three years. Paul Iger, who's Canadian. Most people don't know that. That's right. And then, um, and then, uh, yeah, then he ended up getting, um, and then a couple of, a few years later when he was uh, 17 or 18, going to see Felix play in 1980. 
and he recorded a little cassette of like four songs on a cassette, and he just wrote his name and a phone number, and he handed one to each band member and also to fucking uh, uh, what's his name, and that night after the show at like one in the morning, he got a phone call from the saxophone player, and he goes. We, I actually just listened to your fucking cassette, and it's really good. We want you to, we're having a couple of drinks. We want you to come down here. So he hopped on his bicycle, because he was right on the corner, went to the hotel. They were like, are you old enough to be here? He's like, I don't know, really. Um, <laughs> but then they hung out, and they really liked him, and that's where his whole thing started. That is insane. That's very and cool. the whole first album in England. And after he recorded the album, when he went back, he came up with the other song, Sunglasses at Night, and he turned to the records executive and he goes, I have another song. I want to go, I want you guys to fly me back to England to record this other song. And initially they're like, no. And he's like, yeah, I think this would be a really good idea. And then they said, all right, mm. fuck it. So they did. And then that became his no. biggest song. Your greatest song. And it's still, uh, pound for pound, it's still a good song. Um, my band. I was in a band that used to cover that. Uh, I I love it. Uh, yeah, carry on. Did you know that he was way bigger in the U.S. than he was in Canada? I did know that. Yeah. That's his sunglasses at night only hit number twenty six in Canada. Really? And it hit like number one in the U.S. and he was massive in the states. That's shocking to me. I knew he was massive. I don't know why he what what his downfall was. There was no downfall. He stepped out because he had kids, and he didn't want to be that true father, so he stepped away from music. He just stopped. That's no fun. Stop. Yeah. And then he did attempt to come back, or at least he did a, I think he did an album, or he did a tour not that long. Like, I'm thinking in the early 2000s. Uh, well, what he had done was, he was writing songs for a whole bunch of people like Celine Dion and um, a bunch of big artists. And he was writing songs with, and uh, um, he ended up doing a, uh, um, a uh, he's doing like a bunch of like sort of gigs, not like tours as much as just doing like a bunch of like small little one-off gigs all over the place. And then he was doing a piano set. We're just uh, at a piano playing and singing, and I can't remember who, but somebody caught him, and they said, uh, oh, a uh, major fucking record producer uh, heard him, and they said, uh, oh, my God, it's Corey Hart. You sound amazing. Um, you need to re-record. And now he's doing stadium tours again. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What a life, man. Like, just to have that, just, 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 just he just quit. <laughs> That's, yeah. Nobody just quits. Yeah, no, he just said, fuck it, I'm done. That's crazy. And then uh, I will welcome back with open arms. I love the guy. Um, no, absolutely. I've had nothing but respect for him. I really did enjoy his music. Um, now, when I was a kid, I didn't care Canadian American. I didn't know. Like, uh, in the time when we were listening to Corey, I didn't know all this shit. Like, Tiffany, I just, like, I thought Tiffany was hot. I had no idea all this shit about her and Debbie Gibson and, you know, and ruining Atlantis and... Well, yeah, and that's like that's all fucked up, and it's cool now. It's fun to look back, but I didn't know any of that. I didn't care. I didn't. I just liked shit. I liked Billy Joel. I had no idea who Billy. Pat Benatar was my first 
musician I remember liking. Um, had no idea who she was. Or I just found a tape. It was probably my dad's or something. I really liked it, and that was that. Um, because he was he wrote Uptown Girl for my favorite model at the time, which is Tracy Brinkley. Ah, yeah, of course, and they were married for like eighty-five years or something. Yeah, they cheated on her. Because nobody, her, like <laughs> Chrissy Brinkley, I believe she's one hundred and four, and Billy Joel, Billy Joel's about one hundred and sixty now. Yeah, so we got. I'm walking up behind uh, my friend, who I'm not going to name on the podcast, but. And that was the new debut song uh, by Ashes of Purgatory. That is called Hyper.
There we go. Awesome tune. I fucking loved it. <laughs> you will, actually. Uh, you will really, really enjoy it. Um, <laughs> definitely the best song they put out since the last one. Yeah. No, we should have that band on. <laughs> I think we should. They just get better and better. Uh, very hard to reach, though. Uh, yeah. I hear this thing is a bit of a dick. Um, <laughs> it's actually a really cool song. Uh, never mind. I'll play it. I'll play it. I will put it on this show. Um, uh, yeah, I'll play it there. I'll, I'll do an instrumental version there, and then I'll do the full version maybe tomorrow night for you guys. Really exciting. But there's a new Rocky Fortune song too. I've been a busy, busy guy. When I uh, when I start feeling creative, it just uh, it doesn't stop. I get it all out at once, and then I do nothing with it. <laughs> but it is really neat when you go back and listen to the podcast, as I suggest everybody does, on any one of your favorite podcast listening platforms. Uh, I recommend Spotify or CastBox. Uh, very easy, user-friendly, and they make us sound great. Thank you to CastBox and Spotify for that. Um, but there's 40 others that you can listen to us on. Um, all fun and exciting, and they all have a comment page. If you want to say something to us, I do check them. So you don't have to go to uh, Outlook or, or Anchor, like I say. You can uh, just on anywhere you listen to us, you can leave a comment, and I'll get it, and I'll appreciate it. So please try that. Or Gord, I know there's got to be a Gord fan club out there by now. Say something to him. He deserves it. <laughs> um, I fucking dare you. <laughs> <laughs> But do uh, everybody swing past our website, ericandgord.simdiff.com. Uh, learn a little bit about us. There's some great pictures of us there. Uh, very few pictures of Gord because they don't exist. Um, <laughs> and uh, some 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 pictures of me. Uh, I don't know. But this is, you know, if you want to know a little bit about our backgrounds and, and uh, you know, uh, suggestions for the show, uh, sometimes I put contests there or just little like random things there's a lot, of, there's a lot going on on our little website you can also there's a embedded podcast player if you want to listen to us right then and there you can um and I'm, I'm trying to work on it i'm trying to make it better but it's a lot of work and believe it or not i don't have a lot of time at the end of the day um because i i do a lot i started uh, you know, that would that would take away a lot of what I do. Like this little podcast, uh, let's say we average an hour and a half of show. That's three to five hours of work for me. Um, and that's, I'm not complaining. I love it. I do it. It's a labor of love. And I, I, I'm our biggest fan. I listen to us more than anybody. So uh, I, I appreciate a well-produced show. <laughs> but uh, yeah we could definitely use a producer anybody I'm accepting applications from literally anyone and uh, experience is not an asset um, in fact it's probably a detriment um, <laughs> so feel free to send your applications directly to Eric and Gord dot simdiff.com or eric and gord at outlook.com uh there's a contact page at simdiff.com you can get in touch with us and when you do i get a ping on my phone my phone goes ping and i go oh someone checked out my website um and it works i know because i've checked out my own website um <laughs> i get a ping i get a ping it's great uh or you can if you're interested in what i do when i'm not doing this uh you can check out possibilities.simdiff.com and that of course is the official website of the champion tree entertainment company um 
which is virtually non-existent right now. We produce this show, and we produce a lot of hot air. That's it. That's uh, I don't do much. I, uh, I all the musicians I hired this summer have moved on to bigger and better things because that's I, I'm a stepping stone. I'm you go right from me to David Foster. Uh, <laughs> and you get none of the bad part. I'm actually broadcasting right now from an alley behind David Foster's office. One of his many, many offices. <laughs> um, you should be here. Well, everybody else does. It's called Piss Alley. It's, well, it's Blood Alley, really. Um, this is, I, I know, but the world doesn't know that it's. Uh, I'm not going to split hairs when I'm talking about alleys I piss in. The critics say, this isn't piss alley. Well, fuck. They all piss alley as far as I'm concerned. Um, anyway. Yeah, uh, David, uh, Bruce Allen, very famous producer, um, who works uh, with, with David Foster a lot. Uh, they have an office right here in East End, and they refuse to move because it's where they started. And uh, when they started here, the neighborhood wasn't like this, and they're just... They've, they've maintained this office here all the I don't know how often they use it. They probably never come here. But they've got this office here um, that they keep because it, it's kind of a big fuck you to the to the bad elements of the city. They're going, no, this is our neighborhood and we're keeping it kind of thing. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I am behind his office. I'm, it means nothing. <laughs> it's a terrible, terrible alley. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, well, it's you know, it's, it's neat that he's there and he could he could help you produce because I know him. No, I don't at all. I just stand behind his office sometimes. That's uh, you know, that's a Vancouver thing. You think you just uh, you automatically as soon as you become part of Vancouver, you become part of everybody. You know, oh, I, I know all the Canucks and no, nah, I saw them at the Roxy once. That doesn't count. We're not friends. <laughs> <laughs> You might as well just claim it anyways and just eventually tell me, you're like, hey, I heard your friends are this person. We should fuck it up. She was my ego. I automatically assumed that they still talk about me as much as I talk about them. Like, I had dinner at a restaurant that the entire cast of the X-Men were at. Um, now, this has got to be, I want to say 2010. 2009. Yeah. We're going back at least eight years, eight, nine, maybe ten years ago. Um, okay. I was having a dinner at Joe Forte's um, because my girlfriend was Jewish and she wanted to try lobster for the first time. Um, so, what is it? Oh, cigarette fire. Anyway, I'm at Joe Forte's. There's the cast of X Men. My girlfriend freaks out, uh, goes and, uh, you know, gets pictures with them. And I, I was embarrassed. I wanted to leave them alone. But uh, she dragged me over there and we sat. I, I think I had a beer with the, with the, the guys, the one dude, the flame guy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. I I don't like the movies, so I don't know these guys. But uh, the Johnny Blaze, I think is his name. Yeah. Oh no, that's the wrong movie. That's Fantastic Four. I don't know the oh. one that shoots shit out of his eyes. That guy. Oh, okay, yeah, Cyclops. That's the one. I had, a, I had a beer with him, um, and we got some pictures with them, and uh, they were all very nice. Um. Very hospitable, like nice guys, didn't mind the end. And uh, I just assume now that we're friends and they talk about this meeting as much as I do. They probably do. I, uh, I'm sure they don't remember. <laughs> I Maybe mean, they do. That would be funny if they um, were in LA sometime and they'd be like, hey, you're the guy from the restaurant. Um, Actually, when you watch the movie, you have like 
the director's car where they, they talk with the actors. Yeah, yeah, I always enjoy those. Like oh, you're wishing that they say, yeah, there was this one time. The podcast was cord now. I would love that. That would be uh, just to, like be watching Leno and they tell the story and you're the guy they're talking about. That would be hilarious. That would be epic. I'm that guy. Um, but yeah, I do that. I, I don't know if that's just me, but it is a very Vancouver thing. People in Vancouver all act like they're some hot shit because they. You know, they went to school with Matt Child or uh, Sarah McLaughlin farted in their car or something. Everyone's got a story. <laughs> I ate a Sarah McLaughlin fart one day. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're, we're best, we're BFFs. We wipe each other's ass. It's uh, you know if I did that with every famous person I've met, but I've got a lot of friends because I I run into them a lot. I have a story. Sarah McLaughlin, I apologize. I do. I rag on you a lot on this show, and it's because I've heard you're a disgusting pig. Um, <laughs> Names of that person, but yeah, I, I hear the same thing. I don't, I don't know. I've just, I've just heard. Uh, I knew a guy who toured with her and said she was nasty. Um, <laughs> I, I, that could be. I don't know that it's true. I've heard, uh, I've heard she tips well too. Um, I just know that a friend of mine went to her house with a, a buddy of his who was in the industry. They got invited to her house to this dinner, and um, it was just an informal thing where they're just getting together to have to have a, a dinner. She insisted on playing her music in the background the entire time. Well, yeah, absolutely. I would do. Absolutely. That's just, that's just douchey. That's, that's funny. That's, uh, that's something I, I wouldn't insist, but I might accidentally slip in a CD. And, oh, what's that? Oh, it's me. Hey. Well, oh, why aren't you working on it? <laughs> We can listen to it for a minute, I guess, if you want to. It'd be the only CD in the house. Why? There'd be 150 CDs on the rack and all me. And I'd just be like, well, if you want to listen to me, it's up to you. <laughs> but I'm putting music on and I only own me. So. <laughs> but I make it like a, your idea. Um, that's funny. She probably gives out like coffee mugs with her face on them and shit as you're leaving. <laughs> Presents are just fucking pictures of me. Yeah. Hi, it was really nice to have me at my party. Come again. <laughs> Come again. Here's a picture of me. Here's a picture of me. Uh, it was really nice to be me tonight. I'm sure you had a good time. Bye. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I want to work with her one day. Uh, so I hope that this is all very, very true. I would like to write a song about her, about ragging on her, and then it's just her in the background talking about it. I actually like her voice. Um, I don't, I can't name a song I enjoy, but I like her voice. Um, yeah, like Celine Dion. There's nothing about hers that I would listen to, but uh, yeah, she's got a great voice. Yeah. See, I would like to write a song for Celine Dion and, and be like, here, just sing this my way, just sing it my way, and you'll do good in life. Um, you'll be very successful if you just listen to me, Celine Dion. <laughs> People will stop making fun of you and your stupid French accent. They never, never will because it's horrible and I think it's fake. <laughs> uh, she's just Donna with her British accent. Yeah, exactly. She just, she just, 
I think she plays it up a bit. Oh, it's so transparent. No, you're not. You're just, come on. Nobody in Canada talks that way. You're lying. You haven't been to Quebec in like 35 fucking years. Oh, right. Exactly. <laughs> I hate that. I hate when people come back from somewhere and they've suddenly got an accent. Uh, really, you, you've never been anywhere in your life in 35 years. Uh, you were in Australia for three weeks and now all of a sudden you've got an accent. No, fuck you. You didn't pick anything up. You just sound cool when you come back and you want to keep it that way. That's, that's bullshit. It's stupid. I hate it. Don't, don't do that. Don't be that guy. I had a friend. He's from New York. He was born in New York, but never been there. He went there once and he came back talking like Robert De Niro. In taxi driver. <laughs> Dave, I've known you since you're eight years old. You never talk like that. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> you're not from Brooklyn, Dick. <laughs> um, yeah, people do that. I have a friend who went to Vietnam for a month. One month she went to Vietnam. She came back. She came back and she goes, oh, I forgot how beautiful Canada is. Oh, Canada. You forgot. You lived here for 27 years. Yeah. You were gone for a month. <laughs> Thirty days. <laughs> it's like these fucks on Survivor. Oh, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. It's the month. <laughs> Fucking douchebag. Jesus Christ! You can't go a month without food. I've gone since May. Get over it. Let <laughs> <laughs> me show you the wage, you fucking idiot. All right, real quick, because we're really going long here tonight. I wanted to get your take on this fucking meathead in uh, Minnesota who turned a corner and her kid flew out of her car and she claimed she didn't know. I didn't hear about this. What the you, you haven't heard this. Uh, lady, yeah. She's driving down the street in Minnesota with a two-year-old child in a car seat in the back. Uh, back door flies open. Kid flies out. Car seat goes flying out of the car. It wasn't tied to anything. Um, kid's fine. Just bounced out and giggled. It was fine. Not a scratch on it. But uh, uh, some suspicion behind why this door flew open. Investigators can't figure out any reason this car door flew open. And uh, why is your kid's child seat not strapped to the car? That's uh, another another big question there. <laughs> just wonder, like, she just drove off. Like, like, and then she came back with the paramedics. Um, claiming she didn't know that the kid flew out of the car. Like, now, is this, what a fucking, uh, you're either a retard um, who shouldn't be operating a motor vehicle, clearly, or, uh, or you're lying, and this is a setup, and you're trying to ditch your kid and make it look like an accident. Right. We're your Casey Anthony's fan club here. I would vote for number fucking two on that one. Um, see, there's these women, they happen every year. Do you remember Susan Silver? She snapped her kids in the back of the car and then drove it in the river and claimed her car got stolen. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just guilty as fuck right out of the gate. No one believed her. <laughs> uh, no. Casey Anthony, everybody believed her. He's gorgeous. Um, <laughs> killed her kid. Killed her kid, wrapped in duct tape, left in the backyard, uh, and went to the club. Went to the nightclub that night. Dancing in the club. And, uh, God damn it. That's a sick woman, man. But the other thing, I don't know fucking give you the toilet I burnt and then go to the club after. You're right. That's fucking women. That's a woman that guys don't do that. Guys, guys hate themselves when they murder and they 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 get very like uh, shitty about it. Like Jeffrey Dahmer, he was a shitty dude. He didn't like killing. He was, women, they just don't care. They they will kill you and just go dancing. Uh, 
Um, if, yeah. they, if they kill you, they've already decided they hate you for whatever reason, and there's no remorse. There's no feeling right there. Uh, and they've been seeing it for a very long time. Yeah, exactly. Women, they are vicious in their, like, ah. Oh. Guys, when guys do something evil, they know it, and they hate it, and they hate themselves, and they pick, you know, like that guy in the Da Vinci Code, he's whipping themselves? Yeah. That's, every guy is that, when they're like, these sick fuckers, they're, they're just as mean to themselves as they are to other people. Uh, women, women, no. Women, remorseless. Vicious killers, all of them, every one of them. It's ironic that you mention this because I was listening to a story this morning in Toronto uh, years ago. A guy was in a mall or some shit, and he pulled out a gun. He was chasing his fucking wife, who he'd been beating for a long time. Cops already knew all about him. And in the mall, pulls out a gun, and he fucking shoots her. Well, shoots at her. Misses her, apparently. And then... On camera, when he calls her security, he grabs her and then beats the fuck out of her with the gun. Oh and then cops get called right away. There's cops like really close on the scene. One of the officers was like right there, so they chase him. And they end up down on right on Front Street, downtown Toronto, right in front of Union Station. And this random girl is coming out and he grabs her, jams a fucking gun to her head, and starts, you know, like trying to use her as like a hostage. And the whole story was interesting because they talked about the guy that got the snipers and they talked to the guy who was actually the sniper. The guy who actually ended up killing the the, the armed the arm dude. Now, it was, it was deemed as a justifiable homicide. Absolutely it is. You know, the, the guy was errat, uh, completely erratic. He knew he was going to be going to kill somebody very soon. Waving the gun at the cops. So they sniped him from the back of the fucking head. Yeah. The girl, throughout the whole thing, the girl, for the most part, seemed completely fine. She didn't seem to have much of a care in the world about anything that was going on. Um, they scooped her up, they took her back. Um, she did a hospital report that was on scene. And then she said, yeah, I'll talk to you guys later about it. They never ended up talking about it. Now, the cop, who was a, who was a sharpshooter, this is his job. He was a sniper. They fucked him up. He's still traumatized. This good about that decision. Even though he knows it was a smart thing, it's a good thing to do. He's yeah. still The girl couldn't give a shit about what the Yeah, happened. she's had six boyfriends since then. Don't be here. Um, women, yeah, and that's that's why uh, we uh, like firing squads. Uh, there's only only one guy has a bullet, and they don't tell you which one. Uh, it's to avoid that. Right. Um, there's no, yeah, there's no, I killed him or I didn't kill him or all that. You don't know if you did or not. Uh, so your mind doesn't get fucked. We were designed to like not want to kill people. That's why I maintain you don't need the Bible, okay, to tell you that killing is wrong. We're physically, we're physiologically designed to know that's wrong. Um, uh, I, I didn't need to, to know the, the ten things you're not supposed to do. I don't need this fucking manual. I know this shit is 
<laughs> women, on the other hand, <laughs> women have no moral covenant when it comes to this. Not only do they, like, a guy will never plan this. A guy will never stage something huge, like, oh, accidentally the kid falls out of the car. No, a guy could just come home and strangle his kids like a normal human being. Uh, and then feel bad about it and sit there and when the cops come, he shoots himself in the face and and because he feels terrible because he strangled his kids because his ex-wife wouldn't talk to him. Um, but we they don't plan these. Women come up with these elaborate fucking oh, uh, black men stole my car and, and drove it into the river with my kids in the back and I I can't believe that. Like please plan this shit. Yeah. These elaborate fucking things. It's evil. They're evil. Men can never be that evil. We don't have it in us. This is why a serial killer is defined as a guy who murders, murders, rapes, kills, does all the stuff he does, but then has a state of remorse in between where they hate themselves and then they're compelled to do it again. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. It's, uh, but, but that's just like, well, you, they won't come up with some sick, twisted plot. That that's all elaborate and leads their victim into some. And no, they just kill you. They invite you over for dinner and then they kill you and then you're dead. It's no big. <laughs> women will come up with this fucking thing. They'll play it for months. Look at this one. This this uh, nurse out your way who who uh, the the death whatever they call her the. I forget what they call her the whatever she goes. She's a she's a nurse that goes around killing her patients. Angel of death. The angel of death. Thank you. Like that's, she became a nurse just to kill people. That's some yeah. sick shit. She took a, a training just so she could get it. Men don't come up with that. We just bowling. Invite you over and kill you. Like on the booze. Like, hey, you want to go bowling? And you're like, yeah. And then you get the men, boom, you're dead. Um, but we, we, don't, we don't come up with like some elaborate. We won't ever go to take some vocational training so we can get into the position where we can kill people secretly. That's sick yeah. shit. No, no, we won't even get a gun license. No. <laughs> that's, that's a weekend effort. We won't even do that. Gifford Olson? No, he just we were dead, buddy. Yeah, they they just but they just kill you normal. So they don't come up with evil plans like women. They just they just kill you normal. Yeah, but they do it. And like, it's not anything weird. A hammer to your head, buddy. I've got someone arguing that, and it's a woman, of course. Um, like and she's saying, well, what about Clifford Olson, the dead buddy? Yeah, they they murdered. They did bad. They're bad people. I'm not saying they're they're not bad people. I'm just saying they, they kill normal, simple, pedestrian human killing. They just kill. Not like women come up with stories and elaborate shit, and then they lie. These lies they tell the cops. Men never lie to the cops. Men, men, men come up with bad lies. Yeah. This is why they get caught. <laughs> I, I, I didn't do it. Uh, where were you when it happened? Somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> I was at a bar. Which one? I don't know. <laughs> the one with beard. The one, what are you, what are you, what are you, what are you, a cop? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Matter of fact, I am. Oh, shit. Uh, that's, <laughs> but women, they will, the lies they tell them, they cry. Oh, they can turn on those waterworks when they have to. Yeah. They just, no, he made me do it. Look, yeah. Car- Carla Homolka, that sick fuck. <laughs> Put everything on him, and none of it was his idea. All of us. Oh, he made me do it. I was scared for my life. Look what he did to my cousin. Yeah, right. 
And she's out in 10 years and he's doing life. They don't even have to a broom handle. <laughs> well, look at Dahmer. Dahmer lasted 17 days before they found him dead. Is any coincidence he ended up in general population that day? No. And we're just, we're just happened to get around that Dahmer's in the shower at that particular time? Come on. No. Yeah, prison justice is amazing. If we could apply a little bit of it on the streets, we'd be a lot better. <laughs> but no, we get the retards out of prison. No, fuck you. Fucking uh, <laughs> 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 uh, Well, um, that was uh, just, uh, I didn't mean to go off on a rant about women there, but oh, sorry. Uh, Sarah McLaughlin did. It's her fault, God damn it. God damn you, Taylor Swift. It always goes back to Sarah McLaughlin. Okay, okay, good. But uh, you know, Taylor Swift's got to have a hand in this too, right? She, we yeah, doing, she's yeah. she goes behind everything. Her and Sarah together, I swear to God, they're ruining my hundredth episode. How <laughs> <laughs> uh, dare you? Um, do we have anything left to say? Um, no, no, we went way off the track there, but that was, a, that was good. We, we covered some good shit there. Uh, stay tuned for more cause it's going to be an exciting, uh, month coming up here. I think, I hope, I don't know. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say, Gordon. You sound done. You, did I wear you out there? Yeah, no, I am, I'm definitely fading. I'm, uh, I'm tired. Had a long day and I got another long fucking 11 hour day tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to a long day tomorrow too. So I'm going to speculate that we may not have a podcast tomorrow. That's a um, very, very safe bet. Um, I, I'm going to be hopefully preoccupied as well. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. Um, and tune in on Friday where we have a very special guest. I'm super stoked to have him on the show. Um, so until then, take care of each other. Fuck serial killers and women. <laughs> and women? You can say that in a question. I like that. Oh, yeah. I wasn't sure how to go with that one there, but yeah, we're, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm done with it now, so. <laughs> you know, it's funny, the the emphasis you put on that, something I forgot to bring up that I wanted to bring up that's really funny. Um, just how you can change the the uh, emphasis on a, a single word on a sentence and it becomes a completely different sentence. Yeah. Um, the perfect example that I found is I didn't say he beat his wife. Now, if you put you put the emphasis on each word separately, and it's a completely different sentence. I didn't say he beat his wife. <laughs> I didn't say he beat his wife. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say he See? I didn't say he beat his wife. <laughs> I didn't say he Yeah, see? Every word is perfect. I'm sure there's better examples out there, but that's the perfect one in my opinion. That's really fucking funny. I didn't say he beat his wife. <laughs> I didn't say he beat his wife. <laughs> 